We are starting a new series on strengthening our core. Uh, there are four key strategies that I find in the book of Acts, and we'll get there in a moment, that uh, I believe scripture teaches and shows us. But really, it shows us because in the book of Acts, it's the acts of the apostles. It's the showing, the demonstration of what they did after Jesus left. Now, can you imagine that? Jesus leaves the planet and he says, it's going to be better that I'm gone. Well, for three and a half years, he's been the one dividing the fish and the loaves. He's been the one who has made someone see who could not see. He's been the one to deliver people from demonic oppression. He's been doing those acts. And now he's gone. But how many know it got better? It got better. The reason we're here today, the reason you're online and you're watching this and able to watch this and I'm able to speak from an ancient book is because of the power of God working in normal people's lives. And so we're going to look at the book of Acts here in a, here in a moment and then we're going to look at Luke chapter 18. So if you'd like to get those two places ready and we'll spend most of our morning in Luke chapter 18. How many have ever played telephone? Have you ever played that game? Yeah, it, it doesn't, how many know, it doesn't take a lot of people to play the game. That's what's amazing. I mean, it can get really fun with a lot of people because by the time the message, right, goes around the circle and people whisper to the next person, here's what they said, and here's what they said, and here's what they said. You know, you, you get a number of people and by the time it comes around and you say, okay, what was the message that was delivered? And this person shares the message. And I've seen it where sometimes it doesn't even resemble <laughs> the, the original message. Have you seen that? Doesn't even resemble the original message. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to read the original message for ourselves. Okay, we're not going to go on, well, someone told someone, told someone, told someone, told someone, and now I'm going to tell you. No, we're, we're going to read this firsthand for ourselves in the original church. Can you imagine being a part of the original church? The first church that existed fresh out of the womb of God, right after the resurrection. And Jesus said, I'll build this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You excited? You ready to build your core? All right, here we go. This will lead the life to the full in Christ. Here's what they did in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves. Notice what these new believers did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to what? Prayer. That's the one we're going to talk about today. In Acts 4.31, here's what's going on. There, there's rampant persecution now at this point. They have been warned 
never to speak the name of Jesus again. Don't talk about the name of Jesus. You know, there are places in the world today, there's even places in America today where if you want to upset people, just start talking about Jesus. If you want a persecution, and, and there are places where they're okay if you'll talk about God or a heavenly being or, or something like that. But when you start speaking the name of Jesus, come on, somebody, it, it stirs up demonic powers. And, and so here's what they did. When they were faced with persecution, what'd they do? In verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. In this early church, I want you to know there's a word that is repeated over and over and over again. In Matthew, 10 times prayer, prayed, or some form of that word is recorded. 12 times in the book of Mark, prayer, prayed, praying, or whatever is recorded. Five times in the book of John, pray, prayed, or prayer is recorded. But 19 times in the book of Luke, he uses that word. And Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And in Acts, he uses the word 32 times. 32 times. Do you see something happening? After Jesus left, they prayed even more. They began to pray all the time. They began to connect with God. And listen, here's the first principle of core is this. You need to connect with God daily. You need to connect with God daily. It, listen, if you're a new believer, if you just got saved last Sunday, and I met somebody in the lobby last week that raised their hand, prayed the prayer with us, and made a commitment to Christ. If you're here today or, or somebody else that I didn't meet last week, listen, here's one of the first things you need to do. You need to talk to God daily. And you need to let God talk to you. Because God wants to do this. As a matter of fact, in the very first book of the Bible, it talks about how God walked with Adam and Eve and, and communicated with them. It was like two-way conversation. And God, in the book of Acts, did the same thing. So we're going to look at how Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, and then he wrote the gospel of Luke, he tells a story that Jesus told. Because listen, when Jesus wanted to get something across, he would often tell it in a story. Because a story, if you get the story straight, listen, it, you won't get foggy about it. It won't be like telephone. You know, if you get the principles of the story right, then, then it'll stick. How many know that... that you, 
we were just talking about this before service. You, you can hear a few notes of an old song that you used to hear on the radio, and how many know the words will come back? Right? You'll be like, welcome to the Hotel California, you know? <laughs> or whatever it is. I don't know what generation, what, you know, what kind of, you know, music you, you used to listen to or whatever, but it, it'll come back and you'll be like, I haven't heard that song in how long? But the words will come back. And Jesus taught stories so that the words would come back, so that we would get this. And in this teaching in Luke chapter 18, have you found your place? Luke chapter 18, delay is not denial. Okay, because when you pray and something doesn't happen right away, here's what the enemy says. See there, God didn't even listen to you. See there, you, you, God doesn't even exist. See there, God, God's not gonna answer that prayer. Let me tell you something. It's not always rejection. Sometimes it's direction. Sometimes God's redirecting our lives because here's how God answers prayer. Just real quick, maybe you want to write this down. He'll say, go. And how many love that answer? Oh, yeah, green light. Love that one. Sometimes God says, slow. Not as big a fan of slow. Sometimes and often, this is the answer I get. He says, grow. You need to grow. And then sometimes God says, no, because I've got something better in mind. I know better than you. And so God speaks in all these different ways. And Jesus tells this story about prayer so that we'll get it. But, but to get it, I didn't, I didn't get this the first time I read it. I was like confused by this. Okay, so... You could be a Bible reader, and I hope you are, and, and maybe you read this story the first time, and you got a little confused by it. I hope to bring clarity to this story, because once you know this story and the way Jesus told it, it's powerful. The principles are powerful. But he teaches us by contrast. And there are two main characters in this story, the first main character is a judge. And this judge, <laughs> he, he has no conscience. He has no compassion. Look at what it says in verse two. He's, Jesus said, in a certain town, there was a judge. And look at what kind he was. He neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So he was very calloused. But in verse four, it says, and finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think. So not only did Jesus say this about this guy, this guy said it about this guy. He says, yep, that's, that is the kind of guy I am. I don't fear God, I don't fear people. I don't care about God, I don't care about people. That's just the kind of guy that I am, no conscience, no compassion. The other main character in this story is a widow. 
Now, in ancient times, a widow could mean destitute because there wasn't social security. There, there weren't things that, that were in place. And so often they would either rely on family to care for them or, or they'd have to result to maybe even uh, jobs that they wouldn't have done before and, 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 you know, sell children, sell themselves, different things like that. And so this widow, she comes to the judge, but listen, she has no cash and no clout. And so he has no time for her. If you don't have cash, you don't have clout, then I have no time for you. Let's read this entire story that Jesus told, starting in verse one. Then Jesus told his story, his disciples a parable or a story to show them that they should always what? Pray. So this, this story, Jesus tells us what the story is about. It's about prayer. So tune in if you need to learn about prayer and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Evidently, somebody was unscrupulous. Somebody was trying to you know, maybe take her land. They were trying to, you know, do something in her life that wasn't just. And so she's coming to this judge for justice. And for some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't care or I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, we'll come back to that. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The Bible says, Jesus tells this story. This woman is knocking all the time. And he's like, who is it? Me again. I told you to leave. I told you to get out of here. You don't have money. You don't have clout. I don't know you. You don't know me. Get out of my life. But she's back. And Jesus says she just keeps on coming back. But this guy is hard-nosed. You ever met somebody like that? I mean, they're like, no. Did, did you not get this? Read my lips. No. Slam. Don't bother me anymore. Lady, I don't know what your deal is, but I am telling you, you don't have money. 
I don't know you. You don't know any of my people. There's no leverage here. There's no way I'm going to do something for you. So get out of my life. Get out of here. Seriously. I'm going to get a restraining order against you. I'm a judge. Get out of my life. I'm going to have you arrested. Don't stop. This is not, Jesus emphasizes this. Lean in here. He emphasizes this, that morning, noon, night, rain, shine, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day, it makes no difference. This woman will not stop. She just will not stop. And the implication is that this goes on for a long time. Maybe weeks, maybe months. And notice what he says. He says, for some time he refused, but Jesus says this, but finally he said to himself, this this woman has bothered him enough, now he's talking to himself, right? He's talking to himself. Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. That the, the word eventually is it, a word that can be interpreted forever. The judge is like, I just don't ever see her stopping. I have threatened. I have you know, been angry with her. I have done everything I can to shoo her away. And yet every morning, guess who? Lunchtime, guess who? Dinner time, guess who? Just before nightfall, guess who is back again? He says, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter what's going on. She just keeps coming back. And what he understands is, I don't think the woman's gonna stop until she's dead or I am. That seems like it's the only thing that's gonna stop her. Listen, here's what she knows. This is my source of help. This is my source of hope. I want to ask you today, do you know who your source is? Do you know who your true source is? If your true source is God, then you keep coming back to the source. Do you understand that? And and listen, you're not going to be put off if you pray today and nothing happens today. Because that's all right. God may be saying slow. 
God may be saying, grow. And until I know that God says no, I'm going to keep coming back because he's my source. I'm going to just keep praying to heaven for my kids. I'm just going to keep praying for that job. I'm going to be keep, keep praying for that opportunity. I'm going to pray for my healing until I'm either healed or I'm in heaven and healed. Is that how you pray? Just keep praying until it happens. Jesus, listen, this is, this is not just any old preacher here. This, this is Jesus teaching this. He's, he says the kind of people that, that pray like this get results. And, and when it says in the New International Version, it, it says, you know, I think she's gonna attack me. In the original language, it's, it carries a meaning of like being bruised. And in other words, we would say something like this perhaps, she is beating me up. She's just beating me up because it's just wearing me out. It's just wearing me out. I, I don't even want to get up in the morning. I don't even want to eat lunch because I know it's going to get interrupted. I, I, every time I get my bath poured, you know, I'm going to soak in the tub. It's going to be awesome. No, she's going to bother me every time. And Jesus is teaching a principle by contrast. Let's break it down. Here's what I want to help you today on how you can pray a prayer that will reach God. Anybody interested? How do you pray a prayer that reaches God? From this story, here's the first thing we learned. Maybe you want to write this down. You pray repeatedly. You pray repeatedly. This woman's consistent. She's persistent. She's daily. There's an imagery of frequency here. It's not praying on Sunday morning and then God see you next Sunday. It's not God, you know, when I don't have anything better to do or when life gets really rough, I'll be back. No, 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 no. This, this is coming to God over and 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 over again. And you may say, well, I just don't think you have to do that. Well, then you don't do it and you won't get anything, perhaps. But I'm telling you, Jesus taught this story. No, you, if you want something, you just keep coming. We were in San Francisco one time. Rochelle, on two different occasions, won two free airfare tickets from the company she worked for, which was Hyatt Hotels Corporate Office in Chicago when we were living up there. Just been married a few years. And uh, she won two free airfare tickets. One time, went to Hawaii. I've told you that story. The other time, we just went to California and drove up the whole coast from L.A. to San Fran and uh, stayed in San Fran. We're look, taking in all the sights. And, and we noticed this store. It's a camera store. 
Now, it's in a tourist trap, but I didn't understand tourist trap then. I'm like 20-something, okay? So, so I didn't understand tourist trap, and we walk in this camera store, and oh my goodness, they saw us coming. Young couple on vacation, street cars outside going by, and, and, all, and, and we thought... We need a video camera because we need to capture this moment. And, and so we start talking and, you know, how many know, start talking, it's, it's going to lead to something. And before long, uh, we're whipping out a credit card and we're buying what they said was their best video camera in the store. Nothing shoots better than this. And so we get this camera, and, and we're all thrilled about it. We go outside to film. I'm starting to film streetcars and things like that, and all of a sudden, black. And I'm like, what? And so I'm doing everything the guy told us to do to run the thing, which was pretty simple, and uh, nothing. And so, you know, Rochelle... Being the loving wife she is, she says, what are you doing wrong? You know, or something like that. <laughs> and let me fix it. Let me do it. And she couldn't get it to work. And, and so we're both, you know, frustrated. And, and so we go back in the store and say, hey, th th it's not working. They couldn't get it to work. And so at this point, we're like put out and thinking, mm, what kind of place is this, and whatever. And they said, but I'll tell you what, um, we, we can swap it for this one. And we're like, but you said that one's the best one. And he says, well, in certain ways, but other ways, this one's the best one. And I'm like, okay, you are full of something, all right? So, so anyway, we, we, we talk about it. And ultimately, ultimately, the guy says, I can't give you your money back, but I can swap it for this one. I said, we don't want second best. You said this one was the best. And, and so we're not, we're not walking out of here without a refund. He said, I can't do that. It, it, I can't refund your money. We said, oh, yes, you can. You can just take that machine right there and just delete that sale and, and we can walk out of here and you can have your camera back. And he said, I can't do that. Boss won't let me. He said, you better talk to your boss because you're going to return this camera today. He said, I am not doing that. I'm telling you, we're not going to be able to do that. So Rochelle and I agreed that we needed to take matters into our own hands. And so, okay, this, this, this was before I was as sanctified maybe as I am today, I don't know. May change your opinion of me. But uh, we decided to put ourselves out in front of the store and tell our story. That, you know, this, this camera quit working on us and I, I wouldn't buy anything in here if I were you because uh, it, it quit working within a few minutes of us. Why? People just turned around. Turned around. Before too long, the guy called us back in the store and he says, I'm going to be able to return the camera for you. 
And we said, really? And so he says, yep. Uh, and I heard the boss on the phone with the other guy saying, don't give them the refund. Don't give them the refund. And the guy says, they're keeping customers out of the store. And he's trying to tell the guy. And so ultimately, we get our money back. Now, here's why I want to tell you something. They told us, we, you can't do it. You, you can't have this. It's impossible for this to happen. But we decided, no, it's not impossible. It is highly possible. It is possible, and we think it's even probable that it will happen. And so we just kept coming back. We just we said, you know what? We'll just spend the rest of our vacation here in the front of this store. We, we can do that. We don't have anywhere to go or to be or anything like that. And this is the attitude this woman has. People may say, you can't be healed. Your marriage can't be restored. Your life, your kids will never come home. You'll never have your sanity back. You'll always take this medicine. This will always be your lot. Your family was like this. You'll always have this addiction. But I'm here to tell you today that we serve a God who's bigger than your problem. Jesus said, knock and the door will be open. And the implication when he said that is keep on knocking. That's what he says this woman did. Here's the second thing that you do if you really want to get results, okay? If you really want to see God move in your life, you pray with intensity. You don't just pray repeatedly, but you pray with intensity. Because notice this in verse three. It says there was this widow in the town who kept coming to him with a plea. And the word plea there emphasizes a pleading or even an extended haranguing. Like like the guy said, she's just beating me up with this. She is praying, she is coming back, she's passionate. She's fervent. It makes no difference. And it's almost the implication of this word is almost to the degree of being impolite. It's like saying, no, you will give me my money back today. You will. It's almost to the degree where you think, can I talk to God like that? You ever felt that way? It's interesting, God's big enough that he invites us to almost be brash with him. To come to him boldly, Hebrews tells us. In the Psalms, and we'll get there in a moment, the psalmist would often say, God, where are you? Do you not see what's going on over here? What's wrong with your eyes? Why can't you do something about this? And let me tell you something. God allowed that to be written in the Bible for a reason. God allowed that to be in there because Jesus invites us to come boldly to him. You know, there was a woman with an issue of blood. And the Bible says when when you had issues that, that involved bleeding, you had to stay back and away from people. Yeah, you, you couldn't get around people. But this woman 
pushes through the crowd. First of all, she's in the crowd. Shouldn't be in there. You're where you don't belong. You shouldn't be in the crowd. But that's not even good enough. She says, I've got to get to him. Because I think if I can touch him, I'll never be the same again. I wonder how many other people had issues that day. How many know you've got issues? Her issue was an issue of blood. Some of us, we got, we got family issues. We got history issues. We got, we got junk from 40 years ago. We're still not over. Hello? Who am I talking to? You got stuff in your life, got issues in your life. But how many went home with their issue? But this woman said, I am not going home today with my issue. I, am, I wonder who might be in this building today, who might be watching online that you just have enough faith today to believe I'm not going home with my issue. I'm not going home with it. I'm not gonna have this any longer. Look at this in verse seven. It says that God, just Jesus is talking here, will not God, your heavenly father, bring about justice for his chosen ones? You're not a widow out there that he doesn't know. You're not some unnamed person knocking on his door that he's like, who is that? That's not who God is. But look at what they do. Jesus says God's people do this. They cry out to him day and night. When's the last time you did that? They, they want to, to get to God so bad. And listen, that word cry literally means with a loud voice, like this woman. It's not, not that you can't pray silently, because I know some of you are like, well, I just like to pray silently. Let me tell you something. That's okay. You can do that sometimes. But then there are other times where the pain is just too great. The problem is just too massive. The situation requires more than that. It requires drastic action. It requires something that's more passionate. It requires something that's more vocal than that. And you say, God, I need you. I need you right now. Somebody says, well, God's not deaf. Well, he's not nervous either, okay? So he doesn't mind it when we shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Prayer is using everything to get a hold of God. What keeps people from receiving? Here's, here's what I think some people do. They just pray these half-hearted prayers. You know, they just kind of come to God, well, Lord, if it be your will. If not, that's okay too. Because I'm just good either way. And, and so, and, and, and I think if I was God, I'd be confused. I don't know, do they want me to heal them or not? Jesus would say to people, what do you want me to do? And they didn't say, well, I'm just not sure. You know, okay, well, let me move on. No, they would say, 
I would like to see. I've never seen in my whole life. But today, I'd like to see. And Jesus said, so be it done unto you. You see, when you, when you get specific, what keeps us from, Spurgeon said, I, I fear that, that the church will be a faithless generation. Wow, Spurgeon said that 100 years ago or whatever. I'm, I'm sure he would say it today. Lethargic prayer that just can't even get us up in the morning. And, and Elijah, Elijah, James chapter 5 verse 17 says, was a human being. Sometimes we read the Bible and we think, oh man, that guy's like a superhero. And the Bible says, no, he wasn't. You know, let, let me tell you something. Elijah had bouts of depression. Anybody here have those? So maybe you relate to Elijah or Elijah relates to you. And, and it says he was a human being even as we are, but he prayed. How did he pray? Look at what it says. He prayed earnestly. Not some half-hearted prayer. He, he didn't pray, Lord, if it be your will. But if not, it's okay too. Just whatever. No, that, that's not how he prayed. He prayed fervently. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. As a matter of fact, if you would read this story, which you can do on your own time, you can read it in 1 Kings. The Bible says he got down with his head between his knees and said, God, let it rain. And then he got up and he says, now go look out the window to his servant. And his servant said, Blue skies. He says, all right. God, let it rain. Look again. Blue skies. He does that seven times. And finally, on the seventh time, the servant says, well, there's a little cloud out there about the size of my hand. He says, well, you better get, get your umbrella because it's getting ready to rain. Because listen, that's the kind of prayer that brings rain. It brings fire. It brings healing. It brings deliverance. It brings hope. Not some half-hearted mamby-pamby prayer that barely gets off the ground, but one that goes all the way up into the portals of heaven and touches the heart of God because God says, I think they mean business. I think they really want this. The psalmist said in Psalm 22, verse two, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. So you know what I do? I cry out at night and I just don't even find rest. I, I'm just gonna keep coming back until I get an answer. Sure, you can pray in your mind, but there are times where you just have to cry out. I don't know if you saw the movie Breakthrough. Anybody see that movie? It's the movie, I hate to give it away, and if you didn't see it, but I'm going to anyway, all right? So, so the kid falls through the ice, and, and he's just 
dead. And he's laying in the hospital. And mom walks in. And they, they're all given up. And they're like, yeah, we, we tried, you know, but he was under the water too long and, and everything. And, oh, we're so sorry and everything. She goes in there. This is the movie. And she grabs a hold of his feet. And she begins to speak over him and begins to breathe life into him and says, oh, God, hear me right now. Bring life to this boy. I brought him into this world. You bring him back to life right now. And she began to pray and she began to get vocal in the hospital room. And a miracle took place and that boy came back to life as a testament, a modern day testament of the power of prayer. I gotta get moving here. Psalm 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He hears you when you cry out. Doesn't mean when you whisper, he's not listening too. But it says when you cry out and he delivers them from all their troubles. Hebrews 5, 7 says, during the days of Jesus' life on the earth, this is Jesus. He offered up prayers. Son of God, perfect. You're not, okay? Either one of those. <laughs> Petitions with fervent cry. How did Jesus pray? There were times when he prayed, the Bible says, scripture says, with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Listen, we don't get loud, we don't get passionate to try to twist God's arm. That's not what this is about. It's gotta be in his will. It's not something like, well, God, I want this new house or I need a new car because uh, my neighbor got one and I need one too and whatever. It isn't, you know, I need cable TV or whatever. You know, th this is things that, that aren't just selfish things, but I just believe that wimpy prayer is gonna get wimpy results. Hello? I'm talking about prayer that changes the weather. That brings rain out of heaven. That causes blind eyes to see, the lame to walk, cancer to be disintegrated. For a dead child on the bed of the emergency room of the hospital to come miraculously back to life. To bring your husband back to life spiritually. To bring that job that you desire. To bring that husband or wife into your life that you desire. Whatever it is, whatever breakthrough you need, are you praying that way? Are you praying that way? Here's the last thing. Is pray steadily. Because, I mean, this lady, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says in verse seven then. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see to it that they get justice. And how will God do that? Quickly. He says, God's not the unjust judge. I'm telling this story so you can get a contrast here. 
God's not this God that says, oh, I think they're praying. I'm gonna ignore that. That's not what he's doing. Jesus says God is not like that. He is so not like that. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he taught them a word that they were like, whoa. It was this word, Father. Father. And Jesus said, yeah. Because if a son asks his dad for a fish, will he give him a snake? Nah. That's you people. If he asks his dad, Dad, could I have a piece of bread? Will he give him a rock? No. That might be some of you people, but not your father. No, your father in heaven loves you enough. He sent me down here personally to pay for every sin, listen, that you've ever committed or are committing or ever will commit, I'm gonna take it all on me because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Is somebody excited today about your salvation? Your relationship with God? And in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, God, he's, he's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. What would happen over these 21 days if you didn't make it just two days of prayer or three days of prayer? What if you did 21 days straight of prayer and and you got so focused it changed the rest of this year listen i've got a lot more that i want to say so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to preach the rest of it on wednesday night wednesday night be here i'm going to preach for 10 or 15 minutes we're going to pray and worship the rest of the time but but i'm going to give you a little bit more of how we need to pray but listen here here's what jesus said Jesus said, but when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith like this on the earth? Will there be people who say, I am not letting America go to hell? Will there be people like that? Or will there be people who say, well, what can we do about it? I don't know. What can we do? Your neighbor's going to hell. Your children may be going to hell. Listen, let me just get in your face for a moment, all right? You okay? Are you okay? Are you, are you just gonna let that happen? Are you gonna let the devil keep beating your family over the head? Are you going to let him just do whatever he wants to do and run rampant in your home, in your house, in your life, in your mind? Or are you going to do something today that says, you know what? I'm going to be like that widow. I'm I'm just, this is it. I'm going to get my healing. 
I'm gonna get deliverance. I'm gonna get freedom. I'm gonna get my kids back. I'm gonna get my sanity back. I'm gonna get my life, I'm gonna get my money back. I'm, I'm gonna get anything, whatever. What is it that you need today? What is it? Do you want it bad enough that you will spend the next 21 days focused, ready? Because listen, it could be the very next prayer that brings the breakthrough. It, it could be the next one. And I just wonder how many of us quit one day too quick. What if Elijah would have prayed and said, what, blue skies? I guess God doesn't want to send the rain. No. He says, I, I'm gonna stay here till something happens. How many are ready for something to happen in your life? And you want it so bad, so much, that you're willing to be diligent about it. Jesus said, here's why I told this story. He said it right at the beginning. He says, I, I want you to pray. And here's what else he said. And not give up. Come on, church. Let's not give up. I'm not gonna give up on our country. I'm not, I'm not gonna give up on my family. I'm not, not gonna give up on people around me. I, I'm not gonna give up on my neighbors. I'm not gonna give up. Oh yeah, it gets tough. Sometimes you're just ready to quit. And sometimes you're like, God, hello. But you know what? Today could be the day that God answers the prayer. If an unjust judge will give that woman what she wants, how much more will your Father open the door to you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for stories that help us to understand principles. You're such a good, good Father. And you desire to do good things in our lives. You, you declared that. And you even take what the enemy means for harm and you'll turn it for good. So God, we're not approaching an unjust judge. We're, we're approaching our heavenly father. And we thank you for that. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I think too, too many times in my life, I've quit too soon. I've stopped short. I'm not giving up. Today, I'm inspired. I believe that I can be healed. I believe that I can have delivered. I believe that my, fam my whole family can be saved. I believe that God can move in my life, my home, my country, in this church, in this community. I believe, I believe. How many are with me today? You'd raise a hand and say, yes, yes. I am not gonna quit. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person watching and every person in this room that's been tempted to quit, to quit too soon. Today, we agree together. We believe together for healing, for manifestation of your power, 
for supernatural results, for great things to happen. God, we believe that that son, that daughter, they're coming home. We believe that things are going to turn around. We believe, God, that you can provide a job, that you can open doors, you can cause opportunities to happen. God, we're not losing faith. We're trusting you. And we're going to keep praying until we see the answer. Maybe you're watching today or else you're in this room. And and you'd say, Craig, you know, I kind of looked at it like, God was the unjust judge. That that God didn't care about me and you know and I've prayed before and it didn't seem like anything happened and all but today I realize that that's not that's not who God is. That God is actually a father that wants to do good things in my life. And maybe I quit too soon. Maybe you walked out of church too soon. You walked away from God too soon. You walked away. But today, today, you can walk back toward God. And if you need to do that, would you just raise a hand in this room and say, yeah, that's me today. I need to turn back toward God. And online, just, just type it in the chat, decided to tell me that you're deciding today to turn back toward God. Come on, church family, let's pray this prayer. Everybody pray it after me so that those who need to pray it will pray it out loud. Let's shout it unto God. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, and I want to start over. So today I'm turning to you. Wash away my guilt. Wash away my past. Free me and let me live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family. Let's praise God for those who made that commitment. Listen, if you made that commitment, you can go across the hall after the service is over and find out about baptism so you can show on the outside what God's done on the inside. Let's stand together and get ready to worship the Lord. How many are ready for 21 days of prayer? You're ready for God to move. You're ready. I believe something great's gonna happen in your life. I don't know what it is. I can't make promises for God, but I do know if you'll draw close to God, He will draw close to you. He will. He will. And I believe that great things are going to happen as a result. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to leave this place today, we pray that we'd be fired up for the next 21 days to just sell out to you. Some of us, we need to let go of social media. We need to let go of of late night TV. We need to let go of our calendar. We need to let go of of other things in our life during these 21 days. God, help us to let go and let God work in our lives. And God, we believe that these 21 days will produce things that only heaven can produce. And we're excited for it in Jesus' name.